Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart, too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. If there were a world record award to give for world's greatest delay of game, it would definitely go to 2020. But even though MLB had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Right now, Indeed is offering listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com SBMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com SBMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Make the Padres great again. Start of the second half edition. It's Craig Elston recording from back in the home office in La Mesa. An unusual circumstance. Not a normal place for Make the Padres Great Again recording. However, with John Gennaro off pursuing Vegas hoop dreams... And who knows, maybe taking part in the Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul behind the scenes trade talks. You never know. This guy somehow pokes his nose into every kind of thing you could imagine. Gennaro away. So we're going to upgrade the podcast. And we bring in the man whose newsletter is now a what? Like four times a week, sometimes five, maybe. Uh, Incredible addition to my morning. Uh, and keeps me informed on the Padres on a different angle uh, than what we are getting on the day-to-day from the beat. We bring in Sack Bunt Dustin from the Sack Bunt newsletter. Dustin, thank you so much. From the East Coast, New York, hello. Craig, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, I appreciate the uh, the kind words. appreciate you subscribing to the newsletter. Uh, happy to try, to try to fill John's shoes here for the uh, on the podcast. Well, I hope we've uh, in post made all the audio things look right. You and I have been haggling for about 20 minutes to try and get uh, levels evened out. And I do appreciate uh, your patience as well as we are on the West and you are on the East Coast. But for the Padres, uh, the same fate awaits. It's tomorrow to start up, which is, you know, one of those funny things, right, Dustin? We call it the second half of the baseball season. There's 72 games left right. it's, for the Padres. Yeah, it's it seems like it's, yeah, we call it the second half, but there's only, yeah, it's it's well past the, the second half, but that's uh, how we do it in baseball. <laughs> right. So 72 left. And we're going to take a look here. This is our second half preview podcast. And it's just funny that John wasn't here for the 2019 first half preview podcast when we brought in H.J. Preller. Uh, and he's not here for the second half preview podcast either. And these are two good podcasts. But that is uh, that is very fine because we've got, I think, a pretty good list of stuff to talk about. And I want to start with uh, the that which is truly driving all concerns, I think, for for Padres fan and faithful right now. And no, that's not your personal Thor trade proposal, nor mine. It's uh, how in it are the Padres really? They're 45 and 45. They're kind of in it, quote unquote, for the second wild card. But how in it are they really, you think, Dustin? Well, the you know, the thing is, I was just looking at the the standings today. Obviously, there there are eight teams, I believe, within three games of the of the wild card, counting the the first wild card. Um, and I think one thing that's kind of 
made it a little more muddled is the the Washington Nationals have been playing really well of late. Uh, they've won like ten of twelve uh, ever since that series with the with the Padres back in June. Um, I think they're nineteen and seven, so they've been playing well. We knew they had a lot of talent, um, so they're another team to contend with. You have the Nationals, the Phillies, and the Brewers kind of up there uh, in front of the wild card. And I think those are three, you know, pretty good teams. You, you could see one of them falling off. And then after that, the, the Padres are, are right there with the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals, the Rockies, the Pirates. Um, I, I think the Padres are, are as good as any of that, of that tier of teams. So the, the question is, can they kind of, can they, can they jump past that group? And then can they, can they get to the, to that top group, um, you know, with the Nationals and Phillies and, uh, you know, it's, it's it's questionable. the The baseball prospectus and Fangraphs uh, have their playoff odds, and and they have the Padres right around thirteen or fourteen percent. And I mean, I think that's that's realistic. Um, you know, they're they're right on the fringe. Um, I think if you look back at the past decade, you know, decade plus, this is a lot closer than they've been. So I'm just kind of trying to savor it and and just see how long it goes. And you know, they've they've been. They've gotten to points where it's looked like they've been a real contender where they're like three, four, five games over 500, and then they slip back. And then they've gotten to points where it looks like everything's falling apart, like the uh, the series with the Giants recently. And then they go into Los Angeles and win three straight. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're in the mix. I'd be curious to, to obviously know where you think they are. Um, I think in terms of the trade deadline, they're going to let it go, you know, right down to the wire and kind of see where they are at that point. Um, you know, you learn a little bit every day and, and they have such a young team that, that there is upside in the second half, uh, getting a guy like, you know, Lamette back and, and there's just a lot of talent. So uh, I'm curious to see how it plays out. I think they're in the mix, but there's obviously a lot of teams that are also right there and, you know, that think they're in the mix as well. You know, working in the Padres favor, you'd say is their youth. It, it's Tatis. If he continues to be this explosively good, right. That, right. that you know, you, you've got a player then that uh, is just, changing things dramatically and so he's going to continue to do that over the next 72 uh, as long as he stays in the lineup uh you've got as you mentioned denelson lamette coming back uh the opportunity for some positive regression maybe in the bullpen if, if nothing else and also young arms that can come up and you know you can kind of paint a path where okay these guys stay on a roll and Renfro and Reyes are, are two players that are going to try and each hit 50 home runs and Hosmer's having a, a a real nice counting stats year being in the middle of all this and Machado's headed for maybe 40 and 115 or something like that and and so you've got you know the the pieces to put enough runs on the board that if you if you get a little more positive regression in terms of guys that have just been bad Stammen, you know, standing out in that group, but there are others, uh, then maybe you, you do have a chance to be quote unquote in it with the group you are in, or maybe, and more likely, and, and a topic we'll discuss, you know, you improve via trade and, and find a way to even jumpstart it further. And that's how you rev your team past this pack of cats, you know, that, that you're in uh, right now. But I, I tell you what, when I say all that, Dustin, I, I really feel like the case for there's a chance for the Padres to do worse in the final 72 than they did in the first 90. There's a case there that I think is stronger than the case for. And, and, you know, I think you can see it, right? It's pretty straightforward. So far, you've got guys who had historic first half seasons. Hunter Renfro, more homers in the first half than in his seasons. <laughs> you know? right. Exactly. Yeah, he's got, what, 27 already. Yeah. You know, Renfro, where, uh, Reyes, I mean, where, where he's at, you know, and, and the way that Tatis is going, maybe with all that high BABIP, you know, maybe Tatis finally has a, a, a slump. That, that turns his numbers back to human, you know, I've, I've learned to stop, stop doubting Tatis. I think. Yeah, no, I'm too. just kidding. I know, I know exactly what you're saying, but, <laughs> but, but right. And then you talk about the, and we've talked about it all year on this podcast, the innings caps that are coming for the Padres. I mean, those are still approaching. And when you start to take pieces like Paddock out, uh, you know, as the season goes along and Lamette, you continue to string along and whatnot, you know, you start to add in the variables where you could see the Padres not, uh, prevent runs well enough to be a playoff team. I, I think yeah, a, a lot of the points you said uh, on both, you know, on both sides of the of the ledger there, I, I agree with. Um, I think the one, the one thing that the, the positive regression aspect, and I know like Tatis, obviously 
We, he probably won't continue with a, a thousand OPS, though. I, I honestly, I, I really wouldn't put it past him. But I mean, with the the batting average on balls in play, as you mentioned, over 400, that that should come down. And um, you know, he's he's probably he might not hit 300, stuff like that. He's he's not going to keep up this kind of offense. Um, you know, Hunter Renfro, the same thing as you mentioned. I think the the good thing there is they've gotten no produ- production out of catcher, second base, and center field so far. Um, it's been like really bad. Obviously, Austin Hedges, uh, Mejia have have struggled. Um, Ian Kinsler, we we know about that. You know, he hasn't he hasn't played well. Greg Garcia has been okay, but he hasn't played a whole lot. And uh, and then Margot and, and Myers in center. And and you can look at that two ways. I mean, they could upgrade at one of those spots. Um, there's an obvious upgrade at, at second base, uh, Luis Urias, um, who will probably be called up at some point. Or that those guys could just hit better, like like we say, um, Tatis is gonna you know backtrack a little bit. Um, you know, Austin Hedges has got to hit a little bit better. Um, Manuel Margot or Will Myers, they've got to hit better. So there's some positive regression. Um, I th- yeah, I think it's really up in the air. You, you, it could go either way. Um, that's why I think they'll wait like right until you know the trade deadline to kind of see where they're at and, and see how everything lines up. You know, they have some reinforcements from the minor leagues. They can make a trade to get better. Or they can say, look, it's not it's not our year, and they can they can kind of ship off a couple guys and and continue to to stockpile for for next year and, and beyond. So it's 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 one of those things where you I think you want to hang on because it's it's fun and um you know the the clubhouse is really um I think excited about you know the team and so you want to see them kind of push for it a little bit, but you have to you have to remain uh, realistic as well. In today's newsletter, you tried to crack the nut that uh, all of us have, and it's you know it's like a weekly conversation whenever John and I are together, which is Will Myers, and, and you kind of went through as we just kind of went through the in it or out of it scenario. Uh, you you kind of kicked through some scenarios and some what ifs and and some theories and propositions that had been out there, and some were fairly easy to dismiss, like the All Star home run derby right. ruined his swing, but. Yeah. Uh, as as you look through it all together, how has he gone from a guy with with a twenty percent strikeout to like almost forty? Well, th- that is the the interesting thing with him is is the strikeouts, and as you say, dismissing the the home run derby is is the uh, easy thing to do, and the, I'm sure the correct thing to do. But it, it is interesting how that second half of 2016 is kind of where the the strikeout issues started, and, and I'm sure that's a likely a coincidence. But he's been a a higher strikeout guy since, since that point, uh, around 27% in 2016, 17 and 18. And then this season he's jumped up, you know, to 35, 36%, which is really, uh, unsustainable for, for anyone, you know, not named maybe Joey Gallo. Um, Myers doesn't have the power or the, the speed or the, the defense to, to make up for that kind of strikeout rate. And, uh, really few players do. So the uh, it's just uh that's the mystery of, of why has he you know continued to strike out more often, and um I think the the kind of the point of my article today was that it's it still is a mystery and um I'm not sure anybody really has the answer. It's kind of a it could be a combination of of numerous things, but um it, it's tough for him to get back on track now because he doesn't really have regular playing time, um and you know you know that it's just been a, a downhill slide for him and it, it's tough to get back on track without you know, without knowing you're going to be in the lineup every day, you tend to press. So I'm not really sure where they go with, with Will Myers. I know Dennis Lynn mentioned in a, in a chat recently that, you know, there's a possibility that they move him, and the, the complication there is, you know, how do they trade him and who do they have to attach to, to trade him or how much money do they have to attach to trade him? So I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, over the next month. You know, does he, does he regain a, a starting spot? Does he, does he stay on the team? Um, so he's really a, a tough guy to uh, to figure out. You know, of, of of the scenarios, I'll tell you the one that I'm happiest to subscribe to, and I think it's the one that plays best for Will overall. You did very good analysis to break it down there, which was Will playing best in his primary position as, as right. opposed to being bounced around. And he's always been that happy soldier for the Padres in terms of, hey, I'm your first baseman. Sure. No, I'm your center fielder. Okay. Or maybe third. Sure. Or maybe left field. Okay. But today, right. All right. You know, like he'll go wherever you want. He'll bat wherever you want him to in the lineup. If he doesn't play, he doesn't play. He's like in in that way, he's ideal on a team. He's also kind of unplugged 
all the time, which is <laughs> probably what part of, of of his overall situation. But with that said, his numbers were always like above average, over 800 OPS, playing primary position. Uh, and and that's something the Padres have honestly not given him ever since they signed Eric Hosmer. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think when he was at, you know, he was at, even when he was at first base before Hosmer uh, got to San Diego, he he seemed to kind of take to that position pretty well. I know he, he wasn't quite as good defensively, maybe a second year there, but overall he seemed comfortable. And then even when he got moved to left field, it's like, I, I think that they've tried to make him into that kind of utility player. And like you say, Myers has gone along with it. But I think if you kind of read between the lines, um, sometimes his comments, I think he said in the past, like, you know, I'd, I'd rather stay here. I'd rather stay in this position, but I'm happy to I'm happy to move around. So I think that he's much more comfortable in one spot, um, whether that's first base, left field, something like that. And yeah, the numbers do kind of paint a picture of a guy who maybe carries some of that like defensive anxiety to the to the plate, like. Uh, it, it's not easy playing a new position. He, those, these guys are major leaguers. There are guys who, who are really good at it, like, you know, Marwin Gonzalez and Ben Zobris, who I mentioned, and uh, even Cody Bellinger, who's a great first baseman and like a great center fielder, which is still kind of the weirdest thing, <laughs> the weirdest thing going. But um, uh, Myers has, has struggled to to balance that. And, the, and like the Padres have kind of tried to force him into that kind of player. And it, and it really hasn't worked either from a defensive perspective or at the plate. So I think if they do keep him, and that's probably the most likely scenario, that they they got to kind of put him in one spot and put him in a spot that he's comfortable and, and figure out where that is. I, I think it's left field right now, but that now that's complicated by the uh, you know the the rise of Hunter Renfro and, and Franmil Reyes. Yeah, and then it leads to the well, maybe we should still give Myers left field and trade Hunter Renfro. And I, I just I'm sorry, I'm I'll, I'm going to stand for Renfro every single podcast at least until we get past the trade deadline just to make sure that it's clear which side of the fence I'm on this for this. I mean, Renfro to me is a cornerstone player for the Padres as part of their next great team. Yeah. The thing about trading him is he, he's under control for so long. Uh, I think through like 2023, I want to say, um, I think he's a super two eligible player. So if you're trading him, I mean, if you think the only reason you would trade him is if you think he's playing well above his, his head right now and, and he's going to go back to the, the 2017 or even last year's version of, of Hunter Renfro, which is, you know, somewhat reasonable, I guess, but I think he's made enough improvements in enough different areas. Um, the defense comes to mind. He's, he's a really good defender by, um, you know, all the numbers pretty much and kind of the eye test this season. He's made a lot of good catches and his work at the plate. I mean, is, is obviously improved. Um, his, his plate discipline has improved a little bit and uh, his power has improved a lot, whether that's, partly the ball he's taking advantage of the, you know, the new baseball or, or what it is. Um, it, it's not entirely clear, but he's, he's, yeah, he's a really good player overall. And he's still at an age where he can continue to, you know, get better or, or maintain this level of play. So I think he's a guy that you want to keep, like, like you say, you want to keep him around. And I'm almost positive that if the New York Mets were able to showcase Hunter Renfro uh, as the headliner right now of a trade to acquire uh, you know, as part of a package where the Padres acquire Noah Syndergaard uh, in New York, they'd be pretty excited about how their lineup started to stack up uh, with Alonzo and with McNeil and, and with Renfro and and starting to, to really be able to stack up some hitters uh, together. It leads us to the talk of the week. And, and since then, uh, the, the lefty Boyd from Detroit has been thrown out there as well. Players that... Right 
our starting pitchers that the Padres are interested in. You know what I was thinking about as I was walking uh, the pug this afternoon, Dustin, which was like a week, a year ago, we were doing podcasts talking <laughs> about, you know, are they going to get Noah Syndergaard? And at that time it was Chris Archer. Uh, Chris right? Archer. And, and now this yep. time you're talking yep. Boyd. And, you know, I would still say I'd take Stroman over, over these players. That's a personal preference, but, um, you know, there's starters out there and the Padres are sniffing around a controllable starting pitcher to, to pitch over the next couple of years. Uh, what's your take? I've talked about it and I'm sure I'll repeat part of it on this podcast again, but what's your take on Thor, the, the player, how, how good do you think he is in terms of an acquisition for the San Diego Padres before we talk about cost on the way out? Well, I think it's interesting with him that, you know, you could argue maybe a couple of years ago that, that he was overrated maybe. Um, and he, and he's gotten worse since that time, but it, it seems like if you, if you go on, you know, Padres, at least on Padres Twitter and uh, around baseball a little bit, it, he's sort of trending in the, in the opposite direction, I think, where he's almost underrated because he's seemingly disappointed. Um, and, and he certainly has, he, he hasn't lived up to kind of the ACE status that, that he, you know, that he showed in his, in his first couple of seasons. Um, but when you have a starting pitcher who like routinely sits at like 98 miles an hour and, you know, that's, that's a great place to start. Um, uh, there's a lot of risk with him. He's, he's had some injury, he's had some injury problems. Um, uh, Eno Saris wrote about his, his slider recently. I know, you know, other people have touched on that. He, the, the new baseball is apparently uh, affecting his slider and he, he hasn't thrown it as much. And that was a, you know, a big weapon for him earlier in his career. So that's kind of a, a concern and, you know, his performance is down a little this year, but I think if you can, if you can buy low a little bit on him and uh, depending on what the, the Mets are asking for um, again, I don't think he's like an ace um, in terms of, you know, the, one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball with the, you know, the Max Scherzers and the Justin Verlanders and, and that type of pitcher. But I think he's in that next group where you could certainly see him, uh, headlining a, a staff with the with the Padres, along with Mackenzie Gore and, and Chris Paddock, and you can get uh, pretty excited about that top three. I think that's definitely a playoff, uh, if not a a World Series, you know, one two three, uh, you know, in the in the rotation. And they, and we know that the Padres have a lot of depth behind those guys. So uh, I think he's certainly somebody that you you look at and you you know. I uh, heard Ben and Woods talking about it today that or, or yesterday that. Um, you know, you don't have to overpay. The, the Padres don't have to overpay because this season is not, you know, make or break. So they're kind of sitting there, you know, seeing what develops and, and if they can swoop in and, and make a good deal, um, then it's something I think they'll do. Otherwise, I, I don't think they'll, they're, they're not going to overpay to get Syndergaard right now uh, because they can wait and they can wait for another pitcher to come along uh, in the off season. So it, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's that thing that, you know, you're, you're going to explore uh, trying to add an arm with, you know, this much talent, but you don't want to get carried away with it quite yet. I don't think. Yeah. I'm absolutely of the opinion that as a good arm comes along, the, the Padres making at some point a trade that helps them solve a 40 man roster concern down the road where there'd be exposure of a, of a really good player that you could get trade value from. Uh, I, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with proper consolidation as we become great. This is, this is part of the idea and part of the process. I just want to, especially when we're not in the, we need really need this because we're, we're really looking to win the division this year, you know? Um, right. And, you know, the Dodgers set a really high bar, right? So in a way it, it almost is easier in that it's harder. You, you don't have to dream that 90 wins is going to get you the division, you know, cause it's just not. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's not, <laughs> that, not this year. Yeah, definitely. Not this and probably year, not, that's not in the near for, future. Not for a while. It's going to be 95. No. It's going to be 98. You know, it, that, it, it's yeah. going to be up there. And, and the way that the, the Padres can cut into the Dodgers high win total is by beating them <laughs> the way that they right. did uh, the, the last that three helps. times uh, that they played and, and the way that they have not done uh, over the Clayton Kershaw era generally. But okay. With, with all of that said, you know, I, I've, I don't know, man. I, I, I really feel like Noah Syndergaard is a shinier Kashner in that he's got the big arm. He's got the undisputable stuff. He's going to be lights out on a night. It's going to be inexplicable why pitching this well, he's doing so poorly, you know, and it's, he's one of those guys. And, and then when he's, 
doing pretty well. He gets hurt. And then this year he's been available and he's made 17 starts. He's had his worst year yet, you know, and, and it it's really across the board while his FIP is under his ERA. It's still a FIP of almost four and, and his whip is up. His hits per inning is up. His homers per innings up. His walks per nine is up. His strikeouts per nine is down, you know, like across the board, things are, are decreasing for a power pitcher in a power era, the the slider seams theory is fascinating. That's nothing Darren Balsley can fix, you know. So for me, it all comes down to the assertion that the, the discussion is currently resting upon in this discussion, which is that you don't have to overpay for Noah Syndergaard. Now we need to define what's the price that's appropriate, because if it's Luis Urias, I'm sorry, I'm still out. Just a, just a, as an as an aside here. Uh... Andrew Kastner is currently the ace of the Baltimore Orioles, and he has a 120 ERA plus. <laughs> I know. He's no, having just, a great year yeah, for no, a it's, terrible it's, team. That's the kind of pitcher that guy is, though. And yeah, I, no. I, I'm kind of feeling old school when I say that. I know. But I've watched Kastner for a long time. I think he's a guy who pitches great for a terrible team. And when the lights are on, he's going to blink. And he's going to get hurt, or he's going to do something weird or he's going to have an inexplicably bad year. You know, he, he's, he's done all of these things. And I know right now he's randomly doing amazing and kudos, you know, kudos to him. It's appropriate, but right now maybe Syndergaard is randomly doing terrible, but I instead really see a guy who's kind of trending downward. You know, if you look at his numbers, it's kind of a straight progression in terms of he was better before and he's been getting progressively worse since first incrementally. And now by a larger margin. No, that is true. Even if you look at um, a stat like CFIP from baseball prospectus, it's it's one of their pitching metrics. Um, he started at 66 in uh, 2016, which is really good, like, you know, ace level. Um, it went up to 83 last year, and now it's 89. It's it's still above average um, by their evaluation, but it, it's creeping more towards, you know, league average. Uh, and that's the question you have to ask. How much, you know, how much do you want to give up for a guy who is trending the wrong direction? And, you know, how much do you think the, the Padres can turn him around, whether it's just a change of scenery, uh, whether it's Darren Balsley, whether it's, you know, do you project that the balls change again next year or that he figures that out? Um, that's all risky stuff. So uh, I'm with you on Luis Arias. I, I don't like trading hitters for pitchers in, in general. Um, I think if they could trade, you know, a couple of pitchers, a couple of pitching prospects for Syndergaard, it would be more interesting, like like Adrian Morhone and, and and or Michelle Baez. Um, if, if those guys were the headliners, uh, I would be uh, quite interested in, in trading for Syndergaard. But if it's a if the Mets are looking for, you know, a really big haul, then uh, I think like you, I, I would pass. I agree with you. And those are names where like, yeah, if you told me that they traded one of those guys or even if they traded both of those guys, but that was it. You know, yeah. both of those guys and a, and a guy from Fort Wayne, uh, you know, as long as it's not one of the really top guys, right. yeah. then uh, then uh, I'm I'm fine with that uh, for Noah Syndergaard. That's an appropriate price. Once you start talking about the guys we think are cornerstone, like forget about it. I, I wouldn't even be happy if they said that they traded Joey Cantillo for Syndergaard. I'd, I'd be a little concerned about that. I'd be all right with that. Yeah. Even though Lance Lance Brzezowski wrote a really good article about that for the newsletter plug. <laughs> See, I was trying. Yeah, exactly. I, I believe what I read. Apparently, uh, uh, I'm like I'm all in. I, that's like the second or third person who's told me Cantillo is the guy to look out for. No, he so. does look. He does look good, but uh, Syndergaard right. throws really hard. You can't you can't find the nine a, a starter who sits at 98, 99. That's the the one thing where you kind of go back to. It's like you know that would be pretty pretty fun. And the Padres don't really have that. Um, you know, Paddock. Unless he's facing Pete Alonso, Paddock doesn't get that that high, no. and uh, you know the, the lefties are kind of more in the in the '90s to to the mid '90s range, even Mackenzie Gore. So that would be an interesting uh, complement to the rotation. But uh, yeah, I do I do agree with you. Syndergaard is a he's a risky a risky acquisition for sure. And, and Patino, but he won't oh, yes, sit. That's that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, Patino's a guy who can be up there. Yeah, he looked he looked great in the in the futures game. Yeah, he's he's the one. I just I'm not sleeping on Patino. No, you know, he's, and, and I keep ahead, thinking with Thor, Patino, Paddock. And, and here's why I'm going to just say it again. You know, they keep talking about Stroman to the East and maybe he's going to be in the Yankees rotation or maybe he'll go to the Twins. Maybe he'll stay in the American League. But I think he's a pitcher who would improve in the National League. He's a ground ball pitcher that that's established. 
Um, he, he's got, which means he's got a great defense behind him with, with Tatis and with Machado and with Sunyu Asumarias uh, and, and with Hosmer. <laughs> Hosmer, according to those gold yes. gloves, Hosmer. Uh, and, and so like, but the thing is to me, when I think about the great team, which is what I'm thinking about this trade in context, like Stroman sitting as their four as like the amazing four on their team, kind of their Kenta Maeda is almost perfect, you know, uh, for the young, for the young. He's, he's very much uh, opposite of Syndergaard. I think he's, he's pretty consistent. If you look at his numbers, you know, it's, it's basically the same thing every year. Um, you mentioned the ground ball. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart, too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart, too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, he's a good, good ground ball pitcher. Uh, the strikeouts aren't, aren't, you know, they don't jump off the page, but his peripherals and everything are, are, you know, above average every year. Not great. So yeah, I think he's a sort of different type of pitcher. If you're, if you're looking to gamble for the, the ace of the staff, then you go with Syndergaard. If you're looking for a, you know, a steady mid, mid rotation guy, then you go with Stroman. And if the cost is, is less for Stroman, then it, it, I think it becomes more appealing for sure, because he's, he is kind of an, you know, he's kind of underrated in that way that he, he, he goes out there, he, he stays healthy for the most part, and he, he's a, a better than league average pitcher. And um, yeah, he would definitely be a good, a good addition to the staff. You know, and then you got Boyd who had a terrific start to the year. He's kind of, he had a not great June. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and regressed pretty significantly. And you wonder really what you're buying on too. Um, but I, you know, Hey, they're going to be, I think the Padres are just going to be named around every starting pitcher, whether they pull the trigger or not. I think they're looking at everybody. Yeah, I think like we mentioned before, that's, that was clear from, you know, last trade deadline when, uh, they were interested in every, every guy who came up then. And I think it just speaks to the idea that they want, you know, they want pitching and it's hard to maybe tell who they, who exactly they want, but they're, they're going to be linked to these guys. Um, you know, Boyd's interesting that he's having a breakout this year. Um, but his numbers before were really underwhelming. So that's the, the one scary thing on him. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, they have, they have their ways of evaluating guys and their scouts and, you know, it'd, it'd be interesting to see how they stack these guys up and, and which, which one they really want. Cause like you said, they're going to be linked to probably all of them. If there were a world record for world's greatest delay of game, it would definitely go to 2020. But here's the thing. Even if your MLB team got to take a break, your business didn't. And hiring has to keep moving, even when the game stops. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because it connects you to the best candidates fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you payment flexibility and full control over your hiring, so you only pay for what you need. Plus, you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Indeed also gives you powerful tools to make your search easier, like sponsored job posts, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 73% of online job seekers visit Indeed each month. Maybe that's why over 3 million companies have trusted Indeed to help bring on the important hires that keep your business moving. 
Right now, Indeed is offering listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash SBMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash SBMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. The protests against police violence in America have become one of the largest movements in American history with the help of access to cameras, social media, and internet organizing. But when images of police violence go viral, they affect everyone, from the people who record them. I was confused, but I was enraged at the same time. So I had to use my mind, take a step back, and keep using the camera that I used to the people who watch them in their news feeds. And we're getting our first look at police body cam video showing the tasing and arrest. Of the Verge's months. new multimedia project, Capturing the Police, explores this national reckoning by talking to the people on the front lines. This incident really changed how our community really does things because everybody really took a part in taking a movement and making it into something else. You can view the entirety of Capturing the Police the videos, the reports, the guides, the interviews at TheVerge.com. All right. So if there's a chance to improve, we agree the Padres should try to improve. That's obvious. I think all Padres fans of good heart and mind would want them to improve. Only like some guy like Palais would want That's them right. to get worse. <laughs> right. So trade somebody to the, trade Tatis to the Dodgers, so, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you don't need him. He's yeah. just going to get hurt anyway, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, you know, short of a, a dude like that, shout out. Uh, you know, the idea of improving is great. Then it becomes that great talk radio thing of, oh, do you buy or sell? And I guess we just went over the buying ideas of buying away, sending away assets in order to acquire a starter. Uh, via trade. So that's those are the buy scenarios. There's no way the Padres, I, I don't think, watch, they'll come out of left field and do it, but I don't think that they're going to go out there and acquire a center fielder uh, or, or acquire a catcher or acquire, you know, anyone else in the infield or, uh, for that matter. Uh, so with that, do you think with this 500 team and the most loaded farm system around and Keith Law's newest top 50 has five in the top 50 in the Padres, and we see this group that's already just doing well as it is. They just beat the Dodgers three in a row. They swept Milwaukee not too long before that. Is there an argument just to stand pat, not make a bad trade, and continue to let great talent rise and, and sort itself out? Yeah, I think I'm going to go outside the box here. I think that's that's a good argument. But I think there's an argument to sort of uh, what you might want to call like a soft buy. Um, and I know this is this kind of runs counter to – I think what most people are thinking, but what if they went out and got like a one-year rental, like Zach Wheeler, uh, another Mets pitcher. And, um, you know, I, this is assuming that the Mets are just kind of giving Zach Wheeler away and not looking for a lot back. He doesn't have a great ERA. He never, or he's kind of, he's kind of been an up and down pitcher and, but his peripherals have consistently been, been better than his production. Um, so if they could acquire, let's say Zach Wheeler and a sort of random reliever, you know, random decent reliever to to go into the to the middle of the bullpen or the the back end of the bullpen. Um, you know, would that be a way to kind of not lose much from the prospect depth? Would it? You know, if they had to trade something that that they gave away for Freddie Galvis, I think you know, Eniel de los Santos was like the the thirteenth ranked prospect when they when they traded for Galvis in a year that they knew they weren't going to contend. What if they could trade that kind of player for you know for Zach Wheeler and, and a and a solid reliever? And kind of give this give this team a, a chance in the second half if everything clicked, and you know to to, to bolster the bolster the the weak points a little bit, and, and make a little bit of a run without without going all in and without sacrificing, you know, like I said, the prospect depth and and kind of cashing out those tickets yet. Um, that was something I've, I've been thinking about a little bit. I don't know it, what you think about that. I'll, I'll you know run it by you. What do, what do you think? Here, here's one thing I, I, I'll tell you what the discussion sparks in my mind. This Brody Van yes, Wagenen, that's right. Is that how you say it? Is a tire yes. fire. 
and we may be in a situation where AJ is that guy who is the poker player who has spotted the bad player at the table and is just psychopathically happy to s- destroy and take every single dollar from him. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, and what I mean by that is like, he's willing to lean in, like he's willing to lean in and wait. And one of the great ways that he could defeat him, so to speak in a trade, a la beating him at the poker table would be to be all talking Thor, 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 and letting him set all these high prices, right. And then knocking him down. And then, walking off that and in a pressure moment coming back on like you exactly said like come in for a second and third for 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 wheeler and for who's a good uh, i was looking at justin wilson he used to be good uh he has control problems but he could be a guy to gamble on obviously they have edwin diaz i don't know if they would if they would sell on him already he's had a really bad season but he's yeah, Could I mean that's, that did come did. across my mind. Would they amazing. would they give him up in a deal with with either Wheeler or you know Syndergaard if you were going for the you're going for broke? But I'm not sure if they have plans to trade him. I mean, he would be a an, a trade candidate if they're looking to sell and, and rebuild. So he could be somebody to look at. But uh, just kind of a random random lefty, uh, Justin Wilson. <laughs> it wouldn't cost wouldn't cost much and add a little yeah. depth and a, a left hander right. that the yeah. Padres need. That's true, and they do need a left-hander, and Wilson's been yeah, he's, all right yeah, he's been before. Okay. <laughs> he, had a, he had a good run a couple he's, years yeah, ago. I remember he was – I think when the Padres were looking to trade Brad Hand, he was like the other lefty, and he was he was good at that point, and then he went to the Cubs maybe and really struggled. So, yeah, just kind of a – you yeah. know, Darren Ball's yeah, the yeah, yeah, uh, fixer-upper there. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that is – right. That's the way that you could go in for almost no right. cost and make a little win. And and I like I love those scenarios. I I love what you're thinking on that, Dustin. Now, I uh, I've I've read it and I I think it's troll talk. But is there an argument to sell Kirby Yates? Do you think there's really an argument to sell or or, is, or Renfro for that matter? Like, because I don't think acquiring a starter for Renfro is, I uh, you know I mean that that's a big sell. You're you're taking out a major part of your lineup. Uh, what what do you think? Is there an argument to sell off of this team and to say, okay, look, the odds are we're going to finish with a losing record anyway. Why don't we sell our closer and hope that whoever it is, whether it's Munoz or someone else, is going to come up? Uh, there, the there's rest. always an argument. I think you can make a you can make a realistic argument that you know selling off Yates makes sense. He's a 32 year old reliever, um, you know, having a career season. But uh, I've been in the in the camp that that they should hold on to him. Uh, he's under control for for next season. Um, he, he's not just having like a, a good season or a great season with, with a lot of, you know, good luck. He's having one of the most, you know, dominant seasons in the league and really in some ways, one of the most dominant seasons in, in recent memory at, in, in some degree to some degree. Um, so I think once you reach a certain level as a reliever, you know, there's, there's more of a likelihood that you can maintain that, you know, maintain that level going forward for at least a couple of years, um, there is a lot of volatility with relievers. We, we know that just based on the, the small samples that they pitch and, and it's just kind of the, you know, the, I don't know, just they're, they're relievers. They're, they're weird. <laughs> but um, I think that if you trade him, the, the bullpen suddenly becomes a, a really big question going forward. And I know there's an idea that, you know, there's Andres Munoz and there's all these guys who can go into the pen either from the minors or from the rotation guys like Matt Strom and, maybe Denelson Lamette, but I mean, you trade away Yates, you, you trade away that, that front of the line reliever that as much of a sure thing as you can have. And I think you're going to go next year, you know, you're going to go into next year and you're going to be sitting there at the deadline saying, you know, what are we going to do about the, about the back end of this bullpen, about the closer, about the setup, man. And we've got so much talent, but the bullpen is, is blowing games. So uh, I think if they're comfortable, you know, with Yates, I'm sure they are. If, if they feel like he's a guy who can, maintain this level for for at least another year um i would be really reluctant to trade him again unless you're you're blown away by by an offer from somebody who's you know one of the main contenders this year looking to add um otherwise i'd be i'd, I'd want to hold on to yates i think the yeah that that's just the thing is i i feel like the second you trade yates you're going to be trying to trade back for him or you know right. someone like him you know, and that's going to be the piece you miss. And and of course, they could do some crazy tumbling dice thing where they wind up with Edwin Diaz and they trade Yates in a separate deal, you know, and then they get some crazy prospect in the Dodgers system they like in a three corner trade, you know, <laughs> they, they could, you know, something like that could totally happen. But uh, 
abject a uh, 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 fun NBA trade deadline type move like that. <laughs> I think the NBA's got us all dreaming. <laughs> yeah, the NBA's yeah, they're they're ahead of the game on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Russell Westbrook and you know right? James Harden back together. We're, we're, unbelievable! You know, it's so good. Can't see that coming. It's the best NBA Jam season of all time. In terms, oh, it of- is. Yeah, with the I see that I see that Twitter post with you know all the lineups of the like the 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 top two guys on each team, and it's like there's like it's like fifteen it's fifteen teams long now with, yeah. with these star players that are grouping up it's it's fun it's incredible that's a, a beautiful eddy on the river that we flow down uh yeah, <laughs> yeah i i want to keep yates and it it's just the opposite of the last two years where i was shouting that they should trade brad hand i, I just feel like right now it's going to be a terrible message to a fan base that's ascending uh this is a team with a lot of pride they've got a chip on their shoulder right now i i that these sound like terrible reasons to hold a player i know it sounds very talk radio um but I do think well, that, that would totally torpedo the year if they. Right. I'll, I'll add one more, out. one more, add one more terrible reason in there. You know, the, you got to think about the clubhouse too. They, this is a, a team that's that, that wanted them to call up Tatis and Paddock to start the year, and they did that. And uh, you know, they can't imagine trading your your all star, you know, your top reliever, your all star closer um, to kind of push things back another year. Um, you know, we, we tend to downplay that stuff, the, the clubhouse, um, you know, mentality and all that. But I, I think that's something that comes into play a little bit when you have a team that's that's out there, you know, trying to win and, and having a lot of success. And then you kind of pull the rug out at the at the deadline. All right. So the, I'm, I'm going to walk into the next part of this with with this. I keep when when that name Edwin Diaz came up and we were just talking about trying to fleece the Mets like. I I'm I don't know why Dustin, but it, it it sparked something in me, and I started dreaming on that a little bit. Could you imagine if he was kind of like the K Rod of the great Padres team, the guy who just came in for the seventh and the eighth? Remember when he when oh, yeah, K Rod was the, at his very best for the Angels? Yeah, right in the beginning, right? Yeah, for their World Series. Yeah, team. that was that was amazing. With, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with Percival the closer, but it would be K Rod who would come in in the seventh right. and eighth and just. Yeah. and destroy everything. And I could just see Diaz as that guy that's actually used as a fireman, you know, and I know he's been terrible for the Mets, but maybe he couldn't handle New York. It, it, it's not impossible that he just couldn't handle the situation. Uh, and, and he would flourish if you could put, and then that gives you an opportunity to have a backup in case Yates regresses and you bet on keeping Yates and he fails next year. You've got a backup plan. They could flip roles. Oh, exactly. If, if you look at his stats, it's, you know, he, he hasn't regressed that, that badly. He's still striking out almost 15 guys per, per nine. Um, he struggled with the home run ball, which is a, a common theme across baseball, but he has a 417 batting average on balls in play. You know, it's kind of just spiraled, uh, spiraled in the wrong direction, but uh, the underlying numbers are, are still good. So if he's, if he's a guy that's, that's out there and that, you know, you don't want to trade too much for, for a reliever. Um, but if he's somebody that can be thrown into a deal and, you know, you, you would give up a, you'd give up somebody for, to get him and to, he's under control for, for years. So yeah, he's definitely an interesting guy. Like you said, the, the, the Mets, there are going to be a lot of teams lining up to, to try to deal with the Mets. So maybe that works uh, against the Padres in that scenario, because, right. you know, like we said, Van Wagen has gotten off to a, a rough start and the Mets have a lot of, a lot of players to trade away. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline for sure. How about Naylor? Would you give up Naylor for Edwin Diaz? Oh uh, yeah, I, I would do that. No, I mean, I would I, too. Once I, I see a player that. in the major, <laughs> it's it's a bad habit. But once you see a player for you know a hundred, two hundred plate appearances, if they don't do well, you kind of you kind of lose a little faith. And I'm not saying that's the case with Naylor, but we already knew he was he didn't really have a position with with Hosmer at first. And once you kind of once the offense doesn't take off right away, and you can't really imagine him in an outfield corner, so. Uh, if if the Mets would would take a guy like that, they don't really have a position for him either. But you know, it's the Mets, so <laughs> they they might take him on. Agreed. All right, let's let's uh, get to the finish line here. And I don't want to. We've gone through. Uh, we sent each other an outline before uh, we started recording, and we kind of went through best case and worst case earlier when we were talking about sell and buy scenarios. Uh, I think it's who's up next from the minors because the reason you don't make a trade for some guy who's a fungible arm like a Diaz, as electric as he is, is because you maybe have some guys coming up, whether it's Munoz, whether it's a converted guy like a Baez, just pumping for an inning. 
you you might have guys who have the opportunity to come in and be that electric arm in the seventh and eighth inning that sets the table for Yates. Yeah, Munoz is the guy that stands out, and uh, he's has some some overwhelming strikeout numbers and overwhelming stuff. He throws you know a hundred hundred plus. Uh, when he's going, when he's going well, the, the one thing with him is his control is, is not good. And, you know, when you throw that hard, that can, that can be an issue, but if you get him in the majors and, you know, again, going back to, to Darren Balsley, he's been uh, great with relievers over the years. So if you give him kind of that major league instruction uh, to go with that, with the stuff that he has, he's, he's certainly a guy that, that could take off and, um, you know, become an Edwin Diaz type pitcher. I don't want to put that kind of, uh, you know, label on him because of the the walk issues. Those those are, you know, walk walk problems have have plagued many a uh, reliever, many a hard throwing reliever. So it's it's still kind of wait and see. But he definitely has the, you know, the the stuff to to do it. And then like you mentioned, there's there's a lot of other candidates to to take over uh, some bullpen innings. When you talk about the the amount of pitching depth that the Padres have, um, I know there's been some talk about Adrian Morahone even even coming up at some point and. I don't know if I really see that, but I mean, it's, it's certainly possible. The, the Padres moved, uh, you know, Nick Margavages from, from what single a, uh, in the beginning of the season to the majors. So there's, there's no telling where, when they could call a guy up. So yeah, there's a lot of pitching depth and, and from that perspective, you don't want to trade too much for, for a reliever like Edwin Diaz, if that was on the table. For sure. For sure. All right. Last thing. And I appreciate you, but you're a night out. Thank goodness. The sun has now gone down in San Diego, by the way. Uh, and we're in the gloaming. It, Will Myers could definitely lose a fly yes. ball right now. Uh, <laughs> the color of purple that the sky is right now. Uh, at the beginning of the year, when, when I sat uh, down uh, in Del Mar with, with H.J. Preller, we did predictions, and I was trying to find the low bar just to kind of set the low end of the range. And I said 74 and 88 for a team that I thought the, the pitching would kind of fall apart. Yeah. I thought the pitching would fall apart basically in this area in the final 72 games of the season. Uh, and then I watched Tatis play for a couple of games and I, I tweeted 88 and 74. Right. right. <laughs> because yeah, right? that's all you need to watch Tatis just a couple of games and you're like, Whoa, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I was I was so electrified by his yeah. talent and he's still there and he's still the most exciting thing that I've seen in quite a while. And I can't wait to watch him play uh, these next games. And so I wanted to see I, I want to make an adjusted prediction and see what you would think too, Dustin. Uh, and this is only on the, the scenario that the Padres don't make like basically a Stan Pat right. scenario. So we don't have to bet on they traded and added some great starter or they traded away Yates. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. This is just, they, they remain in stasis. They only add from yeah. within uh, the rest of the year. Uh, uh, where do you think the Padres finish the year in that scenario? Well, I had them at, I had them in the preseason at 84 wins. So I was on the other side of you a little bit on the, on the higher side. Um, you know, take, I, I think I would stick pretty much stick with, with where I was. Um, you know, I could see bumping that up a little bit or down a little bit. If, if they stand pat, I, um, you know, 500 is, is a reasonable, uh, figure. I think if, if, I, I guess I, I trust the pitching a little bit more than you, I think they're going to try to extend paddock as long as they can, especially if they, if they stay in the race, um, you know, Joey Lucchese and, and Eric Lauer have both kind of taken steps forward this year. Um, I really like Lamette. He throws really hard. He's got a good slider. Uh, so there's, you know, I think there's there's still quite a bit to like there. I think they can move Matt Strom to the bullpen and, and let one of the, the rookies take over, like Cal Quantrill or Logan Allen, and get Strom back to where he's been more successful. So I, I kind of like the pitching. So I'm just going to stick with, with where I was, uh, 84 wins um, and right on the fringe of the playoffs. But from, I'd, I'd be more curious to see where – where you're at now, because you were on the on the lower side of the spectrum, as you mentioned, right? And and I readily admit that I was underselling our pitching. I thought that Lauer and Lucchese had as much of a chance to go the other direction as they as they did to take the steps forward they have admittedly taken. So I want to give them credit for that. Uh, and 
furthermore, you're right. I mean, Paddock's, you know, the way they're managing him, they're doing a really smart job. They're doing the best job that they could to maybe get him to September. You know, they're going to put him at the back of the rotation again. And, and they're, they're, they're doing the right uh, NBA load management. We'll continue exactly. to, <laughs> to refer uh, to the NBA in the course of this podcast. Great job, NBA. Great job, uh, job Adam Silver. Uh, and so I, I, I love your number, by the way. I think that's a Vegas number almost. You know, like I think 84, but I also think, by the way, if they added a starter, that 84 would be a reasonable number right. to, I, to I, talk I, about. I'm, for the I'm sort of in my mind, I'm sort of imagining that they add a little bit, but I know you said we're kind of thinking about them standing pat, but yeah, uh, I, I definitely think if they probably have to add a little bit to get to like 84, 85. Yeah, I, I, I still have this gnawing feeling that there's going to be a patch of, of just bad pitching that's going to sink them because are Renfro and, and, and Reyes really going to hit 45 and 50 home runs, respectively? Are are they? Maybe. I mean, maybe. I can't wait to right. watch. You know, but but if they don't, and if they wind up hitting 20 homers combined in the second half, uh, what does that do to the Padres' offense, which is so much homer or nothing uh, over the course of the year? So I... I I think they're going to finish with a winning record. I think I'm going to just say 83. I'm going to just come in a little bit below, but I just think you said a good number. Um, and, and I will take the under range, but I still b- deeply hope that it could be over. And there's a chance that they could go on a run. I still just don't think it's all together yet. I think when we're great, Gore is leading our team. I, I just, I still I think, think that's, that's true. There's one the more case. thing I want to mention that's kind of interesting and why the next um, like two or three weeks are really important they have a lot of games with the Diamondbacks and the Rockies down the stretch, um, you know, division opponents. And it would be interesting if either of those teams fall, fell out of it, you know, over the next two or three weeks, especially the Diamondbacks, because they have a lot of players that they could trade like, you know, Zach Granke and, and Robbie Ray. And if they ever both kind of went into tank mode, it would really help the Padres down the stretch. I think that's the kind of the one like X factor. If, if both those teams took a step back, um, and, and kind of realize that they were out of it, then that would help the Padres down the stretch because they have a lot of games with uh, with the Giant with the Giants, who they've struggled with, but and the Rockies and, and the Diamondbacks, and that could kind of even out those those games with the Dodgers. They'll always be tough, but I just want to throw that in there. Absolutely, it's well. Those are four podcasts down right. the road, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As we look deep down the road, this has been a second half preview this is what this has been and with john off in las vegas how much do you think john's lost and and we we could now dustin when i ask you this question it could be money it could be his soul it could be you know weight or you know uh, years of his life I mean, uh, when you're in wh- Vegas, what do you there's, think? How much is he there's, lost? A chance you, there's a chance you lose a little bit of all that stuff, I think, in Vegas, right? <laughs> <laughs> the longer you stay, the soul one is up That's the trap. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with money, and I'll say, I'll say like $220, something like that. Fair. Okay. We'll, we'll check with him. We're going to note that it was 7-11, July 11th when we recorded this. So uh, that'll be easy for me to remember to check on, on a future banter part of Make Sounds the Plot Rates Great Again. Dustin, thank you so much for the time. And remind folks, how can they subscribe to the Sackbunt newsletter as I did myself? Uh, you can subscribe at the newsletter.com or you can find me on Twitter at SackbuntDustin. And I usually, usually tweet out an article like, usually tweet out my article from the day, like in the morning. So you can kind of see what I'm writing about there, or you can go on the website and, and check out some previews and stuff like that. If you might be interested. 84 wins. You set a great line. And then I just kind of lay up week 83. I'll just roll up to the pod, <laughs> roll up to the hole and not fall it. Let it fall in. Good stuff, my friend. Yeah, that works. Appreciate it. I'll be reading the next newsletter eagerly. Thank you for your insight here tonight. Thanks a lot for having me. I had a lot of fun. You bet.
Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree, so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Looking for your next great hire? CareerBuilder is the fastest growing job site in the U.S. with over 140 million candidate profiles and growing. Plus, candidates on CareerBuilder have skills for the most in-demand occupations. Let us help you rebuild and rehire a strong, more diverse workforce fast. Career Builder, we're building for you. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit.